Welcome to Talk Purpose and Truth with Eden and Kim, shifting you into higher consciousness, the show that elevates, uplifts, and encourages listeners to grow, heal, awaken, and evolve. Eden and Kim include bold topics, special interviews with inspiring guests, intuitive readings, channeled messages from beyond, including celebrities, hot topics to expand your awareness, and time for questions from the audience. Tune in for unprecedented truth, authenticity, on-purpose discussions, and magical moments. Hello, everybody. Welcome to Talk Purpose and Truth. Hi, Eden. Hi, Kim. This is Kim. Uh, So this episode is something we've been talking about doing for a while, Mm -hmm. and we wanted to wait until the show kind of got into past 10 episodes. And we feel very called to address mental health issues and suicide. Um, Suicide is the second leading cause of death in the world for those aged 15 to 24. Mm. Uh, Suicide among males is four times higher than among females. Male deaths represent 79% of all U.S. suicides. It's just it's it's an epidemic right now. There's there's more statistics than that. But uh, recently, with a lot of celebrities and and people in the industry, a lot of young people, we've seen it over and over and over and over again. And so we felt called to do an episode addressing this. And we have a special guest expert here that we're going to introduce in a little bit. And um, I know Eden has had a lot of experiences with with her work with people that a lot of people who have committed suicide come through as well. Yeah, it's sad. I have 90, I would say 99% now these days. That's high. I would say wow. probably in the past two years, it's become that high that 99% of the people that I meet with are hearing from their loved ones who took their life. Oh my gosh. I didn't know it was that high. Yeah, it's very wow. high. And uh, a lot of it stems from depression. Um, one statistic, 20 to 25% of Americans ages 18 plus in a, in a given year are, are depressed, but they don't get enough help. They don't know where to go or yeah. what to do. Yeah, and that's why we feel called to do something, mm-hmm. you know, as much as we can do to help. Um, I know the other day you felt like there was a message coming in so from, we get this. You guys hear us talk about it, but we get we get signs and and feelings and intuition. And we, I said, Eden, there's something. There's something going on. You know, um, Prince has to give us a message, or spirit guides have to give us a message, or whatever. Mm-hmm. And I'll I'll have certain things happen where I'm pulled, or I feel I'll actually feel tapping on my finger, or like different yeah. things are on my foot. Yeah. And so she said, okay. And so then they they really reiterated that this was a big purpose for us to talk about mental health. Right. That was the message that we were getting that day, that we aren't doing enough. That, you know, at first we wanted to wait and kind of feel things out, let people know who we are, what we do. But now we're capable of more. And that's what they showed us. They want us to get this message out to more people that we can help. Well, and there's a paradigm now that's really sad and it's almost a trend where people are giving up because life is hard and there's nothing to live for and there's anger. And instead of finding solutions and asking for help, then they're taking that way out and not asking for help and not reaching for help. And we'll be we'll be going deeper into that in a little bit. Yeah, it's so common these days. It's it has become like a trend. Mm -hmm. So or an epidemic where people give up 
at, you know, the simplest thing, you know, they're, they're sad one day, then they feel like, okay, that's the end. They just want to give up. And it's like their swan song. Yeah, that's what they said, the swan mm-hmm. song. Well, today, ironically, today, serendipitously today, a friend of mine posted that her son went to high school and on the back of his student ID, they have three suicide hotline numbers. I thought that oh, was great, though. Wow. Like, that should be on every single student ID. Yeah. My daughter, who's in high school now, the one who's in high school, she, last year was her first year of high school, and she saw three people have a seizure in front of her because they had vaped Mm -hmm. and the the vape that's a common thing now these days but it was laced with fentanyl oh my god they're so lucky they didn't die and one of them almost actually she did she died and then they they brought her back and these right but it's what i'm saying is it's common my daughter it's, it's her life now that she sees people having seizures and it's normal for her. Oh, she comes home from school. Oh, I saw another one have a seizure today in front of me in PE class. Oh my God. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that that sometimes that could be from wanting to be cooler, not being accepted or stress, so-called stress relief. Mm -hmm. You know, I mean, I overheard some teens talking the other day about how they smoke for stress relief. Like, you know, and Teens. so, yeah, but that's all linked back to depression, needing pressure, to be perfect, yeah, yeah. bullying or mm-hmm. things on social media, whatever that may be. Right. And I want to say that a lot of the, um, there is a statistic that only half of all Americans experiencing an episode of major depression receive treatment. Wow. Mm-hmm. So it's, it's, it's still seen as maybe shameful. And, and it makes me so excited that some artists are coming out and being open about it. Like they're coming out and doing songs about it or being open mm-hmm. about mental health. Mm-hmm. And they're making it not quite as much of a stigma. And I think more and more of them need to come out. Like, you know, Demi Lovato has been very open about what happened to her. Mm-hmm. And um, what's that other the, the well, singer? I'm thinking of another singer that has a song out, too, that... Um, there's several, but they, they, they're coming out about positive things about how they feel about mental health versus some singers are out there talking about the glamorous part of suicide, which is like, oh, oh no, 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 can't be having that. You know, Yeah, I went back to Demi Lovato. I thought I heard, I hope this is correct, that at her shows, she, I think 20 minutes before the show started, she would do like a therapy session with the audience. Mm. Yeah. Wow. That was neat. Yeah. That's great. Mm-hmm. That's so great. Well, and I know that that Chester Bennington, who who committed suicide due to depression, his wife has a charity now mm-hmm. where they're doing the five steps of suicide awareness. And so more and more of that needs to be accepted and that needs to become the new paradigm. Right. And I would love to see less people who come to me yeah. with <laughs> wow. when it's too late you know yeah. it's nice that they get to hear the loved ones get to hear from them and they get answers as to why they did it but I don't think they even know the answer until they get to the other side mm-hmm. right yeah. but it's it would be lovely to see that percentage go down yeah and I think that that what happens is it's hidden and people put a false smile on their face and and don't tell anyone and, and I remember somebody that we knew um, he was such a great guy. It was probably like 13 years ago, but he was one of those life of the party, sweetest guys that would do anything for anyone, always had a smile on his face. I would have probably labeled him as the happiest guy I knew that mm-hmm. much. Mm-hmm. And he ended up committing suicide and he did have it in his family. 
And so I don't know what the statistics statistics are on that, but um, his brother had committed suicide as well. But he, his best friend, went in to try to find him. He's like, you haven't seen him in a while. And he, I remember he said that he had the song in his office playing by Bush Glycerine, which is kind of dark, dark lyrics, over mm-hmm. and over. It was playing over and over. Mm. And he had his feet up on the desk. So his friend comes in and goes, hey, hey, man, hey. And didn't realize that he had blown his brains out like, the shotgun through his head like and he was still sitting in the same position and so what happened then back then I was I was I had started doing card readings and intuitive readings about 17 years ago so I had been doing it for a few years and I got this intuitive message you're supposed to be the one that tells why he did it because no one could figure it out they're like he's the happy-go-lucky guy Mm. and I got the message that if I hear the song glycerine that's when it's the right time to do a reading and figure out why he did it. And it had been a few months, maybe three or four months later, and all of a sudden the song came on and I get the chills going, oh Mm. no, okay, I gotta go home and figure this out. So I do the reading and it had said things like, based on his childhood, that he didn't feel enough and that in his marriage he felt it wasn't going anywhere and that he wasn't making enough money, it wasn't what he ever expected himself to be doing, it was lower than how he thought his life was gonna become, not realizing that he could change all those things, Mm -hmm. you know? or heal all those things. And I I ended up not knowing for sure if that was true because I didn't know him that intimately. And I called his best friend and his best friend started crying and saying that sounds just exactly like him. And so it just made me see like, look at these reasons people are ending their lives and they're things that could be healed. And it's usually this, Mm -hmm. it's usually not their intention to hurt anyone it's the spur of the moment decision because they're hurting so bad and they're hurting so much they just like want to not hurt anymore mm-hmm. right. you know they just want to not feel yeah right and i think it starts with mental health yeah i think that kind of segues into who we're going to be talking to today <laughs> yeah yeah exactly so i'm excited to introduce stephanie laurent laurent i don't know if i say it right um you can or now you have your johnson right um so stephanie has over 14 years in the field of behavioral health focusing on ptsd depression anxiety and other mental health issues substance abuse and addictions she served in admissions management and director's roles while always maintaining a strong team dynamic alongside clinical programming she has studied psychology, personal development, and mindfulness for over 25 years and is a certified life coach. Um, I got to certify her as a life coach. I have to say that. Um, I never talk about that stuff. I have a life coach certification program. Mm -hmm. Um, She specializes in helping women triumph over hardship, assists all her clients as they pursue their heart's divine call and destiny. Um, She's Southern California native and moved to Vegas in 2010 and lives in Henderson with her husband and two daughters. And um, her happy place is near the water. She loves dancing, travel, adventure, and is a proud supporter of Las Vegas Golden Knights. My intention is to lift the spirits of and ignite the passions of those around me. So thank you, Stephanie, for being here. Thank you. I'm so excited. Thank you. And I do want to just do a little bit of an acknowledgement that you helped. I hooked you up with some of my family in Vegas, Mm -hmm. and you made a tremendous difference. Coaching them, right? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, that's great. Thank you. Mm -hmm. And so can you talk about what you're doing now in Henderson to help with mental health and um, suicide and all of that? So I'm working with adolescents and young adults, 11 to 26, and we work on something called the resilience model. And we're really teaching kids how to understand when they've been emotionally hijacked 
when they are triggered, when their brain is offline and nothing is working correctly, accurately, um, processing is off. And we're really trying to help them exactly what you guys said with the piece of mental health and all that our kids are seeing today. There's such a stigma around addiction coming out, talking about it, as well as suicidal ideation, um, anything that the kids are struggling with, there's, they're not the only one going through it. So what they really need to do is come together as a community, as a group, to see that they have friends and others that are struggling with exactly the same things that they're struggling with. And that's what we try to do in an intensive outpatient setting. Um, have the kids do one-on-one therapy, um, and then also have them do the group component so that as they're sitting there, they can understand that, again, I'm not in this alone. Yeah, yeah, wow. So, and it's, and it's, I think it's risen so much, right? Like, and it's because of technology and social media, or what do you think? I would definitely say that a lot of it has to do with social media. Our kids spend so much time on their phones, And uh, I have two daughters, 14 and 16. I see it in my own house. Yeah. And uh, I'm pretty strict with my rules. Um, The kids that I coach don't love when when they know the rules that I set, because then they're like, oh, here we go. But um, you know, I tell families, have them check in their phone or turn it off at a certain time every night. Ours is 8 p.m. And then the next morning, they're not to get on their phones until they've eaten and gotten dressed, because otherwise, they may not eat. And uh, I know they'll get dressed. Yeah, but it's important. They need to be with the family talking, um, not just, you know, the finger trigger constantly going and the mind constantly working. Well, I also think on social media that there's (laughs) when my daughters have gone through where they feel like um, they're not included Mm -hmm. when they see the pictures of friends that they thought they were friends with all together and and they didn't she didn't get invited to this event or that event and that's depressing such a trigger right such a trigger so we actually talk a lot about what trauma looks like and although it it may sound funny to people it really isn't Um, it's not just the big T's or the big traumas in life like witnessing a murder or somebody injured Um, to a child Uh, posting on social media and getting 50 likes instead of 350, Mm -hmm. that could be a trauma. Witnessing their friends out at a birthday party or somewhere and thinking, oh, I I thought I was in this in-group. I Mm -hmm. thought I was part of this. I mean, we have these conversations all the time and Mm -hmm. it's real life. So instead of, um, what do I want to say? Not to shame the kids or, you know, oh, shake it off. It's no big deal. You really do want to honor where they are, Mm -hmm. what that feeling looks like, sounds like, feels like, Mm -hmm. so that they understand that as a parent or, you know, as somebody that's just caring about them, that you're recognizing that I'm really struggling Mm -hmm. and I need some help here. Right. Do you feel like that could be even true with some adults, I think? Oh, for sure. Yeah, because, I mean, adults haven't healed their inner child and some of their (laughs) child stuff, and so it could be a trauma that an adult isn't invited to a party all their friends are invited to or something. I mean, I I feel like I just saw it on on the House Real Housewives of Beverly Hills reunion with with, uh, Camille. Oh, boy. Like, I feel like she looked at all of that. Train wreck. Sorry. (laughs) Well, and she's been through a lot, but but she looks at things as a trauma, you know? Well, you're looking 
at social media, you're looking at the highlight reel of somebody's life. That I mean, that's the truth. Some of us do if we are out there trying to make a difference, um, set things straight. We're, we do share the good and the bad, but most people don't do that. They want you to see that, you know, they're in Tahiti one week and then the next they're off sailing a sea somewhere else. Or, you know, it, it's just the things of being really aware of what is reality and then what's outside of that. Right. I have a friend of mine who said to me that the other day she sees all her friends posting about vacations that they're on and it made her feel bad. Yeah. That she didn't get to take her family on vacation. She did another time of the year, but while everybody else is having fun and experiencing summer vacations, mm-hmm. she was sitting home. I heard and, a funny story on the radio the other day, uh-huh. and it was a mom talking about that she decided to put the phone down when she went on vacation, and she wasn't going to post. Mm-hmm. And uh, then she went back and she shared, okay, what would my post have been? Oh, everybody's getting ready, and here we go, you know, this, you know, taking off, and, and then the kids on the beach and playing, and ooh la la, and she said, never mind the fact that the plane was delayed two hours, and then the kids threw a temper tantrum and then right Uh so it's all of those things that we can post whatever we want and have it look like we leave all the uh yucky details out Mm. the ugly details out yeah so it's glamorous yeah 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 I mean I think sometimes you can look at the good of it too but Mm -hmm. I see the point of how it can pressure people that are already struggling with something and sometimes they don't want to get healed for it or they don't want to you know, find out where that's ca- coming from. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and there's nothing wrong. You share away, you know, share the good. You know, it's not to say that we don't want people to be happy and joyful, but at the same time, just especially with our kids, be really aware and, and maybe a friend as well. If, if, you're, if you're noticing that they're struggling, I tell people all the time, sometimes you might have to have that really difficult conversation and ask them, are you okay? Mm-hmm. Well, I hear check on your strong friends. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Because those are the ones who probably have more pain. I've I've had plenty of moments myself where I isolate and I don't want to talk about it because then people are going to see that I'm not strong mm-hmm. and I'm not resilient. Right. And the fact is, far, far cry from that. I am very resilient and I am very strong, but even in those moments... If somebody had picked up a phone and called me or reached out, I would have loved to have broken down and cried and shared mm-hmm. what was going on instead mm-hmm. of holding it all in. Mm-hmm. And then that's where our diseases and other things come from as well. Mm-hmm. And I you think know? sometimes parents don't want to be vulnerable in front of their kids and let them see them cry mm. because they want their kids to learn to be strong. But I think that's teaching the wrong message giving them the wrong message because they do need to learn how to have their own pain and be in the moment when they're having their feelings and learn how to express them instead of repress. Well, and, and one other thing with that, when you were talking about, you know, um, the stigma with it and the numbers of, of people that reach out and don't reach out. So, um, I've received knocks on my door on a Saturday morning from people, um, letting me know that, you know, their child's struggling. What do I do? people in the neighborhood that know what I do. Um, and then also I've gotten calls and texts and it's always disturbing to me when a parent will say, well, I don't I don't know that I wanna send them to the program or I don't know that I wanna get them help because then everybody will know. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, guess yeah. what? People already know. Yes. And if it's not 
if it's not about your child, it's somebody else that is struggling that you can help. This isn't this isn't a, a curse when you have to go in and get help. This is it's early intervention. You know, it's not shameful. Yeah, I wish again. You know, in moments when I had been struggling or left out of you know the popular girl group for whatever you know happened at school when I was growing up. If somebody had reached out or a teacher, you know, even to inform our teachers, counselors, yes. what things look like, you know, what what anxiety, what sadness looks like. So um, just the more education we can we can get out there and the more that we can be talking, uh, the more that we can help everybody in our community. Well, that's a good point. And that that charity I was talking about, um, they were they talk about um, I think it's called like three hundred and sixty. 360 degrees or something like that. It's Talinda Bennington's charity, mm. but um, or she's part of it. But they talk about the five signs, and what they're doing is they're just having celebrities post the five signs like everywhere, like everyone's like tagging it, and it's becoming viral. And I think that's great. It's just becoming like a normal thing people see over and over, so it's accepted to talk about that stuff. Yeah, you know, it's it's kind of too. I think back to um, after everything happened with. Robin Williams and you know Kate Spade and different people in the news right and I remember seeing a um a picture and I actually posted it on um one of the centers that I work for of this is what the face of depression looks like Mm -hmm. and it's people smiling and Mm -hmm. laughing Mm -hmm. and um you know somebody else that's making a big difference right now too and I don't know a ton about her organization but Lady Gaga yeah, you know, she's awesome, and mm-hmm. she's doing some pilot programs. I know in Nevada, even with some of the schools there, to That's break the great. stigma. So wow, yeah. Yeah, and I think just being, like, especially famous people, because that's who people are noticing, is just being open about, you know, Lady Gaga saying, okay, yeah, I've had fibromyalgia, and I've been struggling, and I have these ups and downs, and I've had depression, and I've had whatever, you know? Mm -hmm. I think just being honest about it, and then people look and go, oh, I could say that too. Like, it's not so weird and out there. Like, I could be like them and just say that too. Yeah, they have the silent disease. Nobody can nobody can see it from the outside. Right. Right. And it's the same thing as if, you know, somebody has diabetes or if there's a disease that is going on inside of your body to the outside world, nobody can see it. Mm -hmm. But again, there are always signs that I think you can look for Mm -hmm. um, and that you can recognize and again, reach out and and help where you can. Yeah. What about what about kids, especially who keep it inside and they won't tell you? You know, they won't talk to you about it. They kind of stay holed up. And what can you do? So that's one of the things that we do is really educate the families, Mm -hmm. parents as well as the kids. So um, they actually go through the education piece of it as well with what does what does it look like when you're emotionally hijacked? What does it look like when you're offline and nothing's running smoothly? So, again, you know, I even I even share you know, my daughter, somebody will come in the house, maybe throw down a backpack. Whereas before it would be like, you know, me yelling and screaming and all kinds of fun starting. Now it's like, okay, something's happening here. So, um, I give her a minute and then I might say, you know, bad day, Mm -hmm. anything you want to talk about? No, I'm fine. Mm. Okay. Well, I'm going to go ahead and go in the bedroom. And if you need anything, why don't you come in and and talk with me? Sometimes just that permission to talk about it Mm -hmm. makes a difference because eventually I am going to they're going to share 
but sometimes hitting them right in the beginning, especially when they've come in, like some of us need a cool down period, right? Or, yeah. or we all should take a cool down period, I <laughs> right. think, before you you know, dive into something. So right. it calms the emotions, I think. Yeah, and I think creating a space where they feel comfortable and not judged mm. to have their feelings. For sure, mm-hmm. for sure. And as parents to recognize if you consistently fix the problem for your kids, we're not doing them any good. Yes. They have to be yeah. out in the world. You cannot rescue them. Yeah, yeah. And again, that's part of it is, um, you know, teaching kids to um, understand that na- recognizing and naming the emotion, we call it name it to tame it. Like if you if you name the emotion, it reduces it significantly, like oh. 80 to 90%. Wow. I, mm. The numbers have climbed. Yeah. But again, recognizing that emotion and, and labeling it, um, it, it, takes the, it takes the power away, but it also helps you to know what you're feeling. Mm-hmm. That's awesome. Yeah. yeah. So would you say that, um, like here on this statistic, it says females are more likely than males to have had suicidal thoughts. What do you think that that stems from, like with females? We're far more emotional mm-hmm. in many ways. Hard on ourselves. Oh, super <laughs> tough on ourselves, right? Yeah. And we think that we should be able to do it all for everybody, take care of everyone else, um, and then put ourselves last. So, you know, that's one of those things where when they say that on the plane about putting on the oxygen mask first, they say mm-hmm. that for a reason. Because mm-hmm. if you're truly not caring for yourself, the self-care, you know, taking time for your soul, um, and then just realize as, as a woman, um, we, we all go through it, we all go through the struggles, but definitely women, I do believe, um, can be more vulnerable to it. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, exactly. So where with where you're at in Henderson, um, can you tell us a little bit more about what it's about, what it's called, and then do they also have, where if we, like if you give the information on air and they can refer if someone's in another area? Yeah, so the programs that, so I'm attached to a few different programs. Um, So the good thing is not just in Henderson, but I also have one in Huntington Beach that I can think of. So um, probably instead of me naming them all off unless you want me to, I can do that. (laughs) But um, there's a a couple great resources that definitely I can help provide. Mm -hmm. Um, There's one called an emotional navigator, Mm -hmm. and that can be found on lifelaunchcenters.com. That's uh, one of the centers in Henderson, and then there's also um, a couple of them in Utah. Nice. Okay. So that's a resource that people can go online. Um, you don't have to fill anything out, disclose anything, but that can be emailed to you, and it is a great resource for parents, educators, anybody wanting to, to look into it a little more. Oh, okay. That's great. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you. Yep. Thank you so much. Yeah, this is powerful. So informative. And we'll have more episodes with this topic and, and other topics similar. And I just feel like it's oh, the awareness, spreading the awareness. And so Stephanie came out here to California, dro- drove from Vegas all day in traffic mm-hmm. to be here. So thank you so oh. much. It means so much. My honor. Thank you. Yeah. yeah. Thanks so much for being here. Yeah. For more information on Eden, go to EdenSuston.com. For more information on Kim, go to KimLifeCoach.com. Make sure to follow them on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook at Talk Purpose and Truth Podcast. 
If you loved this episode, you'll love every episode. So be sure to subscribe so you don't miss anything. Thank you for listening.